with more than 300 people in our fall festival. We are so grateful for your involvement, service, and I'm quite sure the Lord will give us good fruits through this beautiful work. Our second reading this morning is Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34 in the ESV. You can find these on page 965 in the Bill Bible and in your bulletin. Hear the word of God. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being ancients, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you ancients about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be ancient, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things." And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day it is, is its own trouble. This is the word of the Lord. Among many benefits that we uh, receive from technology, uh, we just enjoy the possibility of instant communication with anyone, anywhere on this planet. A century ago, important events, crises or wars took days, sometimes weeks to become known to everybody. Few Decades ago, the only way people could know what was happening in the world was through newspaper, TV channels, or radio. But technology today allows everyone in the world can just broadcast news through smartphones connected to all social medias. This is good because we can know what is happening in the world faster, but on the other hand, such a lifestyle has brought an overwhelming growth of a wellness known as anxiety disorder. An estimated 275 million people suffer from anxiety disorders. 
That's around 4% of the global population, with a spread of bit, uh, between 2.5 and 6.5% of the population per country. So, it is a fact that anxiety is a mental illness and needs to be treated with due care. However, it has its deepest root in the human heart, which has fallen into sin and hates to lose its false sense of control. When what I believe bring, will bring security to my future is lost, my heart's tendency is to give in to anxiety. In this Bible passage, in the Sermon of the Mount, our Savior shows us the danger of anxiety and how we should act and react in the face of life's uncertainty. So, in Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 24, we notice that Jesus focused on people who own money, the wealth people, and they tend to trust in their wealth. As much as they accumulate, they feel secure, safe, and they rest. And the Lord just advised them that they should not trust in their money, and they could not serve two lords, our Heavenly Father, and at the same time money. But in the present section, when we look the verse 25... The Lord is just addressing to the other people. The regular people who tend to be worried with what they eat, drink, wear. The most elementary necessities of human life. Jesus shows that the rich are tempted to trust in material possession and consequently be anxious about their care. But other social classes are tempted to doubt God's provision and become fearful in the face of their perceived uh, faulty and insecurity. Whatever the man is rich or poor, their attitude regard material possession is a way that we can just see the reality of their faith. But as an earthly creature, man is naturally preoccupied with things of this earth. But in Christ, we have been recreated as heavenly beings and as children of heavenly Father. Our concerns should be primarily with what is heavenly, so the Lord is showing to his disciples who were living in a hard time. Most of the people had just the basic things to live that they should not allow their hearts to be ancients. And in this Bible passage, we're going to listen to the Lord's voice and discover why should we not be ancients or worried. First, because anxiety is an act of infidelity to our Lord. Anxiety is an act to infidelity to our master. Notice verse 20, 25 again. Therefore, I tell you, 
do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? The verse 25 starts with a concluding conjunction. Therefore, therefore I say to you. He's referring to verse 24. If you can just take a look in your Bible, what the Lord said in the verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, and he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So Jesus is saying, as your God is not money, as your God is not your possession, as I am your Lord, you should not be ancients. The original word in Greek for do not be ancients bring the idea of stopping something already being done. Anxiety tempts all of us in different levels, in different stages of life. And if you just think a little bit, you will find a moment this year or this month that anxiety came to your heart. As the Lord knows, this is a very strong temptation and a common sin among his people. The Lord is just saying, hey, as I am your Lord, stop just right now, be ancients. Why? Because it's not something that a faithful heart to the Lord can perform. Anxiety is a sin that manifests itself when we don't trust God's providence. God's providence is the way that he is ruling this world. Is the way that he is taking care of every single person on this planet. In German... Uh, the word comes, the word for anxiety, comes from the same root of strangling oneself. Yes, that's exactly what anxiety does. It's a kind of mental and emotional struggle hold that causes more distress than anything else in life. Remember, when we allow that anxiety just come, it keeps growing, growing. And remove your peace, your sleep, your taste, everything. We will see later that Jesus does not teach us to be lazy or careless about our retirement or about our future. But the warning is not allow such care to rob us of a sleep and a peaceful life that we can enjoy in his presence today. The Apostle Paul made it clear that life is made of ups and downs. And most of you have enough experience to testify that. How, much, how many glorious moments you already had. And how many troubles and trials we faced in life. But Paul, when he was in prison... He wrote to the Philippian church, saying, chapter 4, verse 11, he said, 
Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Imagine, Paul was not writing this letter from a resort. Sometimes when we are facing troubles and people come to us to encourage us, we think to ourselves, well, they don't know what I'm going through. They don't know my problems. My kids, they come to me, oh, daddy, you don't understand me. Sometimes we behave like that. But the reality, when Paul was encouraging people, saying that they should not be ancients and rejoice in the Lord, he was in prison. But trusting the Lord and sharing his experience to have peace and contentment, even when he was in the prison for the gospel's sake. All that we have now, beloved brothers, belong to the Lord. And when we allow our future and the problems of the future, and sometimes they are not problems, but possible problems, when we allow they just come to our hearts and rob our peace today, we are not trusting God's providence. Everything that we have now belongs to the Lord. And guess what? Everything that you will achieve in future will belong to the Lord. So don't be afraid the Lord, of the Lord to take from you something that already belonged to him. I could uh, share dozens of good examples of people who taught me through their lives how to have a joyful heart and never live in anxiety. I remember... Uh, when I went to the Bible college in Brazil in 1999 for my kids, a long, long time ago, for some of, for some of you, it seems like yesterday. <laughs> but I remember during the week, I studied, and in the weekends, I traveled to a very small village. Small village with simple, poor people. Most of them lived from planting manioc or yucca. We had some yesterday in our barbecue. And fishing. So when they didn't catch a fish, they used to eat just yucca. But I remember a family who was living nearby the church every time that they went fish. And they had a great fishing or su success in fishing. They called me with great joy to eat yucca with fried fish. And it was a celebration. I never, never saw them concerned or worried about the next fishing. No, they were gladly rejoicing the Lord and sharing the little they had. What a powerful experience. Because those simple people, without high education as we have, they trust 
the Lord. They trusted in the power of our God. So some practical considerations for us. How do we react to bad newscasts? With pessimism? Losing sleep? Oh, what am I going to do right now? I still have grandchildren who didn't finish school. What will happen? Oh, uh, I'm still single. How this will happen? And we just keep bringing possible problems to our mind. How do we react? Remember that God's sovereignty in our lives remains intact. Remains intact in times of peace and in times of war. Regardless what happens tomorrow in this crazy world, our God will not lose control. He keeps sovereign and his sovereign plans keep intact. When we find ourselves anxious and pessimistic about our future, let's just bend our knees and ask forgiveness to the Lord and thank the Lord for all good things that he already gave us. The possibility of stand by our own, eat our own food, fight the battles he allowed to come in our lives and worship him for everything. If we try to remember all the good things the Lord is doing, we will have plenty of reasons to rejoice and not be anxious. But our Lord Jesus also gives us a second reason why we should not be anxious. Because we have a loving Father. Notice in verse 26, he said, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? We know that everyone in this planet uh, was created in God's image. But it's not everybody who have the privilege to be called God's child. This privilege is granted just for those who one day confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. And through the power of the Holy Spirit received a new heart. And we got to know Jesus not just like a historical person. No. We came to know Jesus as our Redeemer, as our Savior, Lord. And we enjoyed a special relationship with the Father. How many great experiences we had. And now, our Savior is just pointing to creation. To the ordinary animals. There are many birds in northern Galilee. And it is just as Jesus put it that these birds have no intriguing process of accumulating food, neither planting nor gathering. Like all creatures, birds receive their life from God. And yet, God doesn't say to them, well, I've had my few, now turn around and do yours. No. He's saying, even with the birds, 
ordinary animals. Your father is providing. And he was not saying the birds are lazy. We know that most of them spend most of their time looking for food. Provide, providing for their family. But while they do that, they are not anxious. And when they find, they feed themselves, never overeat, and then go to do the other duties without to be concerned. Where will be the next meal? Never. The scholar Arthur W. Pink comments, here we perceive how irrational creatures subjected to the vanity by the sin of man approach their first stage of perfection in better observe the other of nature than man. Since they only want what God has already provided for them and when they receive they are happy. They solemnly demonstrate that man is more vile and baser than the beasts of the field. The Lord is saying, you need to be confident and do not allow your dreams, your personal achievements that you have in your heart to rob you the peace of the present. You need to remember there is a special relationship for all those who know Christ. And you need to trust. And he gives another, a second example in verse 27. And which of you, by being ancient, can add a single hour to his span of life? He just mentions the concern for longevity. The second illustration is related with, uh, to expectation. Our generation is obsessed with the idea of prolonging life. We exercise, eat carefully, supplement our diet with mineral, vitamins, and protein, and regular checkups, and do countless other things in an attempt to add a few years to our lives. Even though... A good diet, exercise, vitamins are important. And we should do that. Because our bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit. And we need to take care of them. But guess what? The Lord won't take a look and say, Wow, well, my, my daughter, John, I'm... Noticing that you are taking care of your life in a wonderful way. You eat right. And I think that I will give you more 45 years to live here. Maybe he will give her more 45 years. But it's not a consequence of her care. It comes from his eternal plan. The Lord is saying just right that how many people... You know, you, you got to know in your life who had a wonderful diet, who took care of their life in a perfect way in, in our sight. They died just early. The Lord is saying to his children, I have the control of your present, of your future, and the years that you will stay here. So do not be anxious. 
Do not be afraid. If you are in a stage of life that you spend most of your time alone, and you don't have as many people as you would like around you to share or sometimes to take care of you, the Lord say, the Lord is saying, I am taking care of your life until the day I will come call you back home. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious regarding your children or grandchildren in a way that you won't be able to sleep. Because their lives are also on our Lord's hand. Amen? Dr. Charles Mayer, an American psychiatrist, said, Anxiety affects the circulation, heart, glands, and the entire nervous system. I have never met a man or known who died from work. But I have known several who died of worry. Take care. Sometimes we are struggling with physical disease as consequence of our lack of confidence in the Lord. So we need wisdom. We need the wisdom to manage in the best way the abilities and resources the Lord gave to us. Do not overwork motivated driven by the concern with your life when you get old. You need to work and be responsible and take care of your patient. Yes, if you are able to live a life insurance for your beloved ones, wonderful. But never neglect your, pres your present out of anxiety. There are many people who overwork Worried with their future and do not live their present. Do not spend time with their children. Don't spend time with their grandchildren. Don't, don't come to the church because they don't have time to be involved. Don't serve in any ministry in the church. We need to live with wisdom and confidence knowing that we have a heavenly father. And then we find the third and the last reason why anxiety could not be in our lives because anxiety is incomparable with our faith. Notice verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what sh shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The word Jesus is using for Gentiles, ethnoi, literally means peoples or crowns. It was used generally for all, all non-Jews. You know, the Jews had a special relationship, a covenant with God. They saw throughout their history, miracles, provision, providence. They saw the Lord just giving water out of the rock. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, 
While you are living your lives, when you leave the sanctuary, when you are not singing the beautiful hymns that you sing here, do not behave like the Gentiles. Do not behave like those who don't know me. Those who don't have a real relationship with me. The Gentiles, they lived concerned, consumed by the worries and how they can feel safe or if they will have the provision for next month. The Lord is saying, work, be responsible, do your best for my glory, fulfill your duties in the age that you are, but trust in me and mainly seek first the kingdom. The Greek word for kingdom is basileia, does not refer to a geographic kingdom, but to a dominion of Christ in this broken world that is stated, is stated in the disciples' heart. When those 12 disciples came to know Christ, the kingdom of God was inaugurated in their hearts. And through the sharing and the preaching, the kingdom of God was extended to others. And then to others. And then to others. And the kingdom of God came to the United States of America. And the kingdom of God one day reached your heart. Gave you a new heart. A powerful experience. And every single time... When we get together and share the good news and live the love of Christ, the kingdom of God is being manifested and extending through our lives like yesterday. When we were serving our community, when we were together as people from different ages, race, uh, cultures, just serving the Lord and serving each other, the kingdom of God was Standing. So the Lord Jesus is saying, prioritize my kingdom. Instead of be consumed by the worries and problems that you are not able to resolve. Serve me and trust in my provision and just get involved in the kingdom. And our heavenly father will provide everything. I have probably already shared this story with many of you. But the moment when anxiety plagued me the most, it was in March of 2015. Uh, I left uh, Sonia and the kids in Japan. Aesop, my last born, was only a month old and traveled to India just to... Uh, do some important work of our new orphanage you were opening. And I was struggling with adrenal fatigue and anxiety disorder. I didn't have the diagnosis at that time, but it was a very bad moment of my life. And one day when we were in a village, a very remote village, after serving all day long, feeling terrible, I was at a missionary's house 
drinking a cup, uh, a coffee, and eating a, a toast, when my right side of my face go numb. And immediately I thought, I'm just having a stroke. And I have a picture of this very day. Uh, could you project, brother, please? Uh, at that moment, uh, I, I just asked to the local missionary, please, take me to the hospital. I believe I'm having a stroke. And he told me, Pastor, we don't have hospitals here. The nearest is four hours driving. So at that moment, the first thought that came to my mind was, you're going, to die, you're going to die now in the midst of nothing. And your children will grow up without a father like you did. The fear was terrible. But in that moment of deep fear and anxiety, I used the shield of faith and prayed, saying, Lord, my children are not mine. My wife is not mine. They belong to you. You are the God of the fatherless and the widows. So, Lord, take care of them. My life is yours. Immediately after praying, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart saying, even if you pass through the valley of the shadow of death, do not fear. I am with you. And a supernatural peace came to my, my heart. I had peace. Even though I didn't have human resources. By God's grace, it was not a stroke. And eight years after that, I'm here sharing these with you. Recovered. Raising my kids for God's glory and serving the kingdom. We don't know the trials, the problems, the storms the Lord will allow come to our lives. But we won't be concerned with them before they arrive. Just trust. Our sovereign God is in charge. And he will help us regardless the problems and the stages of life. Do not be anxious. You have a loving Heavenly Father. Let's pray together. Lord, we praise you. We praise you because even before our sinfulness, even when we do not trust you as we should, you as a loving Father is always taking care of us. Heavenly Father, forgive us for our lack of faith. Heavenly Father, forgive us when we live like the Gentiles, when we live like the people who don't serve you, do not know you. Lord, help your church, your children, to live a life of faith, to be involved in your kingdom, to serve your church, and just rest upon your sovereign will. Lord, we want to be responsible. We want to work 
as much as we need to work and study and all the other duties, but we don't want to neglect the other responsibilities you gave us regarding our families and regarding your church out of anxiety. So, Lord, help your people and help us to serve you with faithfulness. These we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please stand with me as we sing our final hymn, 545, On Jordan's Storm, Banks I Stand. Amen.